Hey, pretty, pretty girl. girl. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode two of the Pretty Curl Be Hill podcast. I am your host, Nakaya. I am your co-host, Kawana. And we are back with yet another very um, interesting topic today. today. So before we even get in our topic, thank you guys so much for giving us grace for last week. Um, we were out at conferences and just like we say, you can't pour from an empty cup. We had to be poured into so that we can pour out into you. Yes. Um, self-care is the best care. So we thank you so much for um, tuning in with us today. And tonight's episode is one that whew, we say dig deep to the root right so prepare to dig deep um if you're not uh if you're not familiar we are streaming live here on facebook live as well as youtube and don't forget to check out our socials we are on tiktok as at pretty girl b we are on instagram as pretty girl underscore b hill and of course right here and on youtube as pretty girl b hill so make sure you're following us for behind the scenes content we post almost every day just different things that the lord has given us or that just drops in our spirit that we want to talk about so make sure you click that follow button that like button and subscribe to our youtube channel yes 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 girl you all up in that episode talking about pouring out of an empty cup i know i no. So uh, the topic for today is called Mommy Diaries. Yes. So all our mothers out there or our mothers-to-be, people that are soon-to-be mothers or are about to take on their journey to motherhood at some point in their life, this is for you. We're going to be covering all things mommyhood. Um, so sit tight, tag your friends, share this post, yes. um, share this video, so and have everybody come in that needs a word about motherhood. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about just just the process of getting here today. Whew. Girl. Get up. So, <laughs> so you know what's funny, y'all? I called the guy. So I was I was talking to the Lord, um, just preparing to come up here. And I was like, it's, it's been a week. It's, it's definitely been a week. And I was like, Lord, and, and we honest. We honest over here. We transparent over here. And don't none of y'all act like sometimes y'all don't feel like it. So I was like, Lord, I don't feel like it. So I called her. I said, girl, I said, what you doing? And she said the same thing. What'd you say? What did I say? I think I was she like, said, I don't feel no, no, no. You said I don't feel like <laughs> it. And I said, that's what I was just talking to God about. But we were just talking about how even when you don't feel like it, um, you give that I don't feel like it to God. Mm-hmm. Because um, how many know a lot of times we gotta press. Mm-hmm. We gotta press regardless of what's taking place. And especially when it comes to um, parenting, motherhood, um, you sometimes you gotta press. Mm-hmm. But I also called you today, and you was doing a little bit of self-care. Let's talk about that. Yeah. I mean, self-care, listen, we can't, like we said earlier, you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. And that even um, that even stems along the lines of motherhood. You know, we pour out of ourselves to our children, our spouses, you know, so many things. But it's equally as important to just mm-hmm. take time for yourself. And for me, um, you know, it's one thing that I will not go without doing, and that's getting my nails done. Yes. I don't care what happens. I don't care what's on the schedule. I don't care about, you know, the calendar or anything, you know, anything that... Um, might need my attention, you know, that hour and a half, two hours is my time where I don't answer the phone. I think about nothing. And it's just my time where I, that's where I get my, what I call mental health points. Yeah. You know, it's where I, you know, pour back into myself and it's the time where I don't have to hear mom, babe, any of those things, because it's time where it's, and it's, it may be something so simple, but it, it, for you, it might be journaling for 
Anybody that's watching, it might be just having that first sip of coffee. Y'all know the first sip of coffee anointing um, of of just taking that sip without being asked for something. So, you know, self-care is, you know, important for everybody. Let's start there. Everybody should have a healthy form of Mm self-care. But for mothers, you know, it it is equally as important because you got young toddlers, teenagers, young babies that pull and tug on you every day for everything. Mm -hmm. So it's important to just take that time for yourself, even if it's just a moment of silence on a car ride from A to B without your children. Yes. Self-care is important because yes. you can't, if you are not okay, everything around you is not going to be okay. So if you're not tending to yourself, it's really hard to successfully tend after your household, your children, and other responsibilities that you have if you don't take that time for self-care. Yeah. And you know what? Um, I know some out there might say, um, I, I can't afford to get my nails done. And let me tell you, I'm with Nakaya. I got to have my nails. I mean, I have to have my nails done. That's the one thing that I do for myself. But um, I was even thinking on uh, yesterday. Yesterday, the kids had just got out of school. I had just picked them up, came home. Um, I have two dogs as well. And you know what? You know what my thing is? Just sitting in that car. Just, just Even mm-hmm. if it's just 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, y'all. The car ministry. The car ministry. Listen, mm-hmm. and yesterday I had my book. I had my book, and I was sitting there, and I just read a few more um, pages of my book. And, and generally, when I pick my kids up, they go in the house, they have their snack and whatever. So I know they were good, and I can see the house from my car. But um, sometimes it's just taking that five or ten minutes before you go in the house, just to sit in your car, just to, just to have a breather by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so for anyone you know who might be saying, "Well, I, you know, I don't have time to get my nails done. I mean, I have time to get my." Um, my hair is done. Just be creative about it. You might take a few moments to read your word or to read a book. Um, as of late, I've been reading and it's so fulfilling. It might be something like that. So so just be creative about that. Just remember to take the time. Um, just as Nakaya was just speaking about, it is very, very detrimental to any parent, mother, father, um, whatever parental situation that you're in, if you do not take that time. Um, and if I and I've been in those places where um, you're constantly um, mothering because, you know, um, outside of being a mother, you also may have to, you know, be at your job all day or do or or, or um, doing something with your business all day. So you definitely need to take that time to just, just to recoup, just yeah. to recoup. Yeah. And I equally think, you know, that, you know, the self-care is important and it's also equally important for you not to feel guilty about it. Mm. You know, it's not, you know, it, it self-care should come simply. It should not be another checkbox like, oh, I ate a meal today. That's mm-hmm. self-care. No, no, no. That's mm-hmm. nourishment. And it's a requirement for being a human being that is not self-care. Or, you know what? I, I, I had a, you know, I had a sip of water today. No, no, no. You need that. So you won't be hydrated, mm-hmm. dehydrated. So, it's, you know, that's not a self-care technique. You know, we all not to feel guilty for caring for ourselves. It's yeah. important to take that time and not feel guilty. And I think that, you know, I, I, I speak for both of us where we've experienced that mom guilt. Yes. Oh my you know, we've experienced those moments where we retreat for our own care, you know, if it's for a, a quick meal or our nails or, you know, any of those things that we enjoy doing for ourselves and then feeling guilty about it, feeling like almost a sense of shame because we decided to step away from our children and take that time. Yeah, I remember one time um, I was taking a trip and I was on the airplane. And when I tell you the mom guilt hit me like 
um, a sledgehammer. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my kids are going to be okay. They're going to miss me. And then I started to feel um, guilty about being away from them. The funny thing is, though, y'all, <laughs> once that mom get past, once that mom guilt passed, um, my mom was watching them at that time. Um, she, <laughs> I didn't even call her no more. Mm-hmm. I just enjoyed the vacation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was funny because she said, um, you haven't even checked in. But, but yeah, it, it, it definitely can hit you. I, I, I wouldn't say that I really have um, those same bouts of mom guilt now, just because as you, as you go throughout the, as you journey throughout the process of parenting, you understand that you can't even parent well if you don't have that time. Yeah. yeah. And, but, but you know what else we should talk about? The people who shame you for taking your time. Because I remember even as I was taking that trip, People were telling me, oh, you should have took the kids with you. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, you know the, the, I, th- I feel like the shame comes from, you know, um, the, the, the traditional motherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, definitely traditional motherhood. You know, I, um, I, I can definitely identify that, you know, the, you know, Parenting is progressive, mm-hmm. um, and I know some of the older people will disagree with me, and that's okay. But parenting is definitely progressive, and what works for you know previous generations, you know, we adopt some of those principles, yeah. but we also you know we learn from them, we grow from them, and we kind of morph from them. Mm-hmm. So I even you know I even get some side eyes because if you don't know me, I have four daughters, mm-hmm. um, two of which one is about to be a teenager in a few weeks, one that's a preteen, and I have twin toddlers. Um, so, you know, even the, you know, the shame of you had them so far apart or, you know, now, especially with the toddlers, it's, oh, my goodness, you have your hands full, mm-hmm. you know, con- you know, constantly being, you know, almost under scrutiny for how you parent when, you know, p- parenting style is not objective. Yes, there are tr- similarities. Yes, there are things that we all do as parents. But, you know, there's no manual to tell us how to yeah. be a parent. There is no rubric other than things that we have learned along the way that teaches mm-hmm. us to be to, that teaches everyone how to be parents so you know you know I think the shame portion of it is because you know a lot of us um have chosen to do things differently than what we've seen before yeah yeah and you know what I think goes along with mom guilt is setting boundaries mm-hmm. because I remember as I was setting boundaries for my children I was experiencing that mom guilt like because you know we're, we're nurturers we're built to be to nurture our children um and one thing that I can think of in particular is my son loves to get in the bed with me oh my goodness that boy loves to get in the bed with mama and um I'm like you got you got to yeah sleep in your own bed you're a big boy Mm -hmm. you got to sleep in your your own bed and even as we talk about you know self-care and um it's important for you to have your own space and Mm -hmm. even if it's not um a bed you know having that space and time where um if you know that you're if you're coming in the house and you need some 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 time to regroup or some time to cook dinner because my what my children like to do is they, they be ganging up on me y'all <laughs> and they be bringing the dogs with them too they gang up on me so I'm trying to you know cook the dinner clean up you know um, get their clothes out for the rest of the day you know plan lunch or whatever and mommy and they show me stuff they're throwing stuff at me mm-hmm. and sometimes you know I had to say. Uh, let's take 15 <laughs> mm-hmm. and then we can come back to this. And it's okay to do that. It's okay yeah. to do that because a lot of times um, we might feel, oh, I have to give my children um, this attention 
all the time or they're going to feel rejected or um, X, Y, Z or X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. Trust me, they'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I even want to talk about the flip side of that because, you know, back to the toddlerhood, you know, my my, my teens are like, bruh, we have reached a point in, uh, you know, our, our mother-daughter, um, parents, you know, parent-child relationship where, you know, you have you seen those memes on social media where you go from um, mom to mommy, mom, mama, mommy, bruh. Well, I've <laughs> definitely reached with my teenagers the 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 age of bruh. And, um, you know, they are in their rooms, you know, they have social circles yeah. and sports and clubs and different activities that they're into. So they require less of me. Whereas my toddlers, everything is mommy, 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 mommy. And then if if mommy needs a break, it's daddy, 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 and more daddy. <laughs> um, so, you know, the one thing I find that I get a lot of comments about is, I'm going to be honest, my twins are two and they're still in the bed with us. Mm-hmm. And while, you know, for me... You know, we're we're working towards, you know, obviously getting them in their own mm-hmm. room and getting them adjusted. But I can be honest in saying I'm taking my time. Yeah. And, I, you know, because though sometimes I don't like the elbows in my That's back, okay. the foot in my mouth and, you know, all of those things, you know, I find a sense of self-care, if you will, knowing that they enjoy laying with us at night and knowing that that's a safe space. Yes. You know, that that is definitely a self-care moment for me. And it may sound weird even putting it in in the lens of self-care because, yes, eventually they're going to their own bed. But I I enjoy the fact that they want to be with us, that Mm -hmm. they feel a sense of safety and security of laying in the bed with us. And sometimes, you know, I just enjoy those quiet moments when they're asleep, they're in our arms. And I'm just thinking of, you know, the day or just the the journey of parenting because, we know, we really we started over. Mm -hmm. Um, And just thinking about that, you know, that journey for me, that is self-care. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think um, to your point, it is a matter of balancing it. I, I was I was thinking about that and I was having that moment with my children the other day. Um, I was sitting on the sofa and we all were just reading. Mm-hmm. It was just quiet. Um, the dogs were calm and we were all just reading. And I was just I, I was thinking like a magnet, like any, anywhere I, I stop in the house. Um, the kids and the dogs attract to me. They, mm-hmm. they, but, and I think that um, it's great to have those moments where you sit and you um, dwell in, in, in that space. But it's also okay if you say, not right now. Um, yeah. I, I need a few moments to myself and, yeah. and just and just balance in between the two because um, neither way is wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's it, who says it's wrong that the children still sleep with you, mm-hmm. you know, at, at this at this point. You know, we only with the children, we only have them at the age for a certain time. So who says it's wrong? Right, right. When I think back over um, my first two daughters and the journey, I did the same thing with them for sure. But, you know, time flies in motherhood. Mm -hmm. And while, you know, they require our attention, it can be chaotic sometimes. It can be overwhelming sometimes. You know, it can be a lot on your plate sometimes. But I think about my my two oldest and it's like time flew. You know, my oldest will be a teenager in two weeks. And I think back to baby pictures. I think back to first moments. I think back to you know, accomplishments in her development as a teen. And it's like, wow, like, who said I'm supposed to have a teenager? (laughs) You know, and even my second daughter, um, she'll be 11 um, next year. And it's just like thinking about her journey and even thinking about, you know, their journey together because they're two years apart. And it's just like, wow, you know, I, you know, we've made it to this point um, in preteen and teendom. And, you know, it, 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 even though it's been, you know, almost 11 and 13 years, it went like that. Yeah. 
It's, you, you know, even with the even with the twins, I still remember the pangs of carrying twins, you know, twins, you know, um, in utero. And now they're two walking around talking about they want chicken nuggets. Like, you know, time, time flies so fast. So, you know, even in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the guilt, in the midst of the need for mom self-care, you know, in the, in, the, in the midst of it all, there's these happy moments. But you're only able to enjoy those moments after boundaries are set. Yes. After, you know, uh, incorporating your self-care. Mm-hmm. And, and that we didn't even get into the topic of being professionals Ooh. in motherhood because we're coming for that too. But, you know, you, you won't be able to enjoy those moments or even have those moments if you are not well first, if you aren't practicing those boundaries, doing what's best for you as a parent, you know, doing what's best for you as a parent. You know, what I, what I have chosen to do for my children is different mm-hmm. from what you've chosen to do for your children, but it doesn't make me wrong or you right, right. or vice versa, right. you know, um, so establishing those boundaries. And, you know, we're, we're, we're still very much on the surface, so stay tuned because, you know, our hook is always, we hear we dig to the root, so mm-hmm. we're laying the foundation, but we're going to dig to the root about why parenting style is going to be unique for every individual. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for the, for the surface, to get you started, and to get you sipping on your drinks and your teas and your waters, you know, all of those things. You know, self-care is an important part of the journey in parenting, you know, in motherhood, and even just because your self-care is going to teach your next generations of sons and daughters the same thing. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, we're going to dig deeper in a second, but you set the tone not only for for yourself, but for those that are coming after you, for your children that are watching you do your skincare in the mirror, for your, you know, for your son that's watching you, you know, you know, you know, take out the trash or um, you know, take time and roll a ball with them. Like all, all of those things are, you know, important. And, you know, you set the tone for what they're going to do next. Yeah. You know, because my daughters watch me apply makeup. My daughters watch me do skincare. My daughters watch me do all of the things that I enjoy doing. Um, you know, and, and and now they're heavily into self-care. And like, mom, I ran out of serum. We got to go to Ulta. Like, you know, just teaching them, you know, the things that I do that make me happy so that they can learn what makes them happy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's so beautiful about motherhood is, is how your children just look up to you. Um, my daughter, ha- as of late, has been playing in my clothes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, mommy, can I have a, a, a spritz of perfume? Because mm-hmm. I love my perfume, y'all. Yes. Um, or just even the sense of fashion that she is developing as she gets older. And those moments are so, so priceless. Mm-hmm. And I know we didn't want to get this serious as quickly, but I feel like is a good segue. Um, I was talking about parenting styles and that's no way, well, in some ways, if, 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 it's, if it goes into something that's not healthy, mm-hmm. but when it comes to healthy parenting styles, how different styles doesn't mean um, better or worse. But I want to kind of delve into, uh, so I was thinking about feedback that I've gotten from my mother about parent about parenting my children and um parenting style versus uh stricter. My mom would restrict y'all. They call my mom Debo. Yeah. Not Debo. They call my mom Debo. Listen, here come Debo. Everybody was scared of <laughs> everybody was scared of Debo. Yes. Everybody. Not you stuttering. Are you listen, scared? Listen, listen, a little bit, y'all. <laughs> like, all right, mom. Cool. Yeah, but um, her style of parenting was definitely much, much more strict than mine was. Um, in hindsight, 
I think it was it was good for me because I was not in a whole bunch of stuff that all my friends, I, so some of the stuff I was naive to. I didn't even, even know they mm-hmm. was doing some of the stuff they was doing. But, um, you know, my parents' style is different from hers, so it's it's just different. So I wanted to kind of explore that. Just yeah. um, different parenting styles as they um, transcend generations. Yeah, I... I we going here, so let's let's do it. <laughs> um, you know, I definitely think that parenting styles um, evolve from generations to generations because um, we we learn and grow. Like we said earlier, um, you know, one of the things that um, we've learned is that you know we learn from experiences, right? So I feel like we've adopted um, some of our parenting styles as a result of the things that we've been through, mm-hmm. the things that we've experienced, um, the, you know, the things that we watched our parents do, and we've made the conscious decisions to either um, utilize what they've taught us or change it and, you know, change it to our own unique style. So when it comes to parenting, I think that, you know, we either adopt the philosophy or it, the experience shows us what we would do differently and what we wouldn't do to our children. Mm-hmm. You know, I, one, you know, one of the things that um, I see all across social media are people talking about this idea of gentle parenting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, gent- let, let's be clear, and I'm, I'm ruffled some feathers, and that's okay. Gentle parenting came from, the, you know, came from a result of having strict, very hands-on parents and somewhat traumatic experiences as a result. Mm-hmm. So we've adopted this concept of gentle parenting because we promised ourselves that for our children, we wouldn't be like our parents. Yeah. Um, we, you know, from for our children, we would do things a little bit differently because everything didn't deserve a smack, a beat, or whatever. And, you know, mm-hmm. to each his own, I'm not coming for how you, you know, you, uh, you choose to parent your, ch- your children because it is subjective. But I think a lot of us have adopted this philosophy of soft parenting because what we went through, we don't want our children to go through. Mm-hmm. And what we've experienced, you know, from our, our mom, dad, whoever raised you, guardian, caregiver, whomever, we have decided that that's not the life or the, the process that we want to put our children through as it pertains to parenting. So we've adopted soft parenting because hard parenting was too much for us. Yeah, and, you know, so I think that parenting styles evolve because we, you know, in some cases we don't want to be like our parents, mm-hmm. and for some of us, that's that's not your story, and that's not the case. And you have taken on, you know, things that you were that you've learned and developed as a parent. But there's many of us that have decided that soft parenting works for us because we don't want to be like what mm-hmm. we saw, and and that's okay. Yeah. So you know, I um, I definitely did adopt their way of thinking. I definitely wanted to parent the opposite of the way my, my mom did, and, and only because I just felt like she was too strict. Uh, my mom was an awesome mom, and in hindsight, when I think about my childhood, and, and as I mentioned earlier, there was a ton of things that I didn't get get into because my mom was so strict. Um, and I, you know, some days I think if she wasn't as strict as the other parents, what would I would my the trajectory of my life go um, completely different? Mm-hmm. But I think that <laughs> the byproduct of um, wanting to do the opposite of your parents can sometimes go to the other extremes of it. Yeah. So when we talk about soft parenting, I think that I realized I was being a little too soft on my children, mm-hmm. and when I 
when I talk about that, I mean, I, I feel like I was overcompensating too much. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think I was overcompensating to the point that my children did not, they did not see the value of the things I was doing for them. And not to say um, the things I was doing for them, because I, I, I hate when, you know, parents want their children to, to worship them for being a parent. Like you, you brought your child into, into the world. That's like, praising a fish for swimming you know you're supposed to take care of your kids right right but you know for example my children with the ipads and the you know the things that they get and they don't think they're supposed to hear no Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think that or they didn't think they're supposed to hear no because because it's different now but they i had to i had to change the way i was parenting because it was not setting them up for success and what they would experience in the world. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I would say, you know, one of the things that I, I'll speak about um, my parents' style, you know, I, I, I am very much a conduit of um, I value my children having feedback about something or having insight about something and it being not and not being labeled as disrespectful. Right. You know, I would, you know, and we, we come up in a very similar era where, you know, children um, that were my age or that are my age now um, that were children at that time, you, you know, it was, you know, do as I say, be quiet. You know, it was considered disrespectful if you had, you know, a response. And I'm not saying, you know, yes. it was okay to get smart with your parents. Mm-hmm. I'm not implying that at all. However, one of the things that I realized is that, you know, sometimes as parents, we can misinterpret things. We're yeah. not perfect. Like I said, there is no rubric. There is no manual. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we are not perfect beings and we don't always get things right. And I can recall in my childhood moments where it's like, I'm getting in trouble and I need to <laughs> And, but you but you dare not say anything because yeah. the precedence in my home was that as the authority figure in the house and as the parent figure in the house, I'm always right. And you hush because you're the child. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've adopted is I've allowed my children to have a discussion with me. Mm-hmm. It's not just do this, do this, do this. You're wrong. Be quiet. Shut up. Like it's none of that. You know, they cannot get out of character and they are not allowed to be disrespectful, but they can have a conversation with me and be like, mom, no, no, maybe, maybe you didn't hear me right. Or mom, you know, I did clean my room. But I spilled, you know, I spilled my jewelry on the floor and I have to go pick it up. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I allow that because I never want um, them to feel like their voice is unheard or their voice is silenced. Mm-hmm. Um, because those are things you take with you in, into adulthood. You know, some traumatized adults are, are, you know, that are walking around traumatized now are a direct result of the things that have happened in their childhood. Yeah. So, you know, in, in terms of evolution, if we can... Um, rectify some of those, you know, things that we do as, as, you know, to children early on, they won't grow up to be traumatized adults. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I was watching a sermon maybe um, a year or two ago and the the preacher said, I don't be your children's first monster. Yeah. And that thing, I mean, it really, really drove home for me because when you think about your children, mommy, dad, whoever, whatever parenting, uh, situation you were in you are and a lot of times your your, your child's inner voice Mm -hmm. they're looking for you for affirmation they're looking to you for love and all those things so if you're constantly you know critical um you know berating them all those things even if even if it's intentional it's it's going to be their inner voice Mm -hmm. and you know our whole platform is about inner healing you know even as a parent um and And I didn't think we were going to go down this lane, but let's go down. Dig to the root. Let's do it. Even as a parent, it's so important that you, 
get the tools and resources that you need as a as so that you can be a successful parent. Yeah. You know, one um you know, one is prayer. I can tell you um in my case, I started to go to therapy mm-hmm. because a lot of the things that a lot of the things that, you know, I went through, you know, you could you could potentially project them on your children. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about, you know, yelling, mm-hmm. um, all those things which are which are not uh, conducive for a positive experience for your children. Yeah. Just just be in a space where you're open to Especially if you have people who are outside, who are outside of you, who can see from the outside looking in, because you know a lot of times when somebody says, "Well, you know, well, you know, Kawana, I'll use myself, Kawana, maybe you could have did this way." When it comes to parenting, talk about offense. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. people get so offensive when you talk about their parenting skills. But I would say if there is anyone in your life who is seeing something from the outside in and kind of saying, you know, you might, you know, tap you on your shoulder like you might want to, you know, get some help in, in that area, then do it because you want to be the best parent that you can be for your child. And, you know, my biggest thing in, in healing and making sure that I'm positioned correctly is that I do not want my children to experience some of the things that I experienced. Yeah. And that is that is why it's so important to dig to the root. And I'm not talking about nothing superficial. You take the little scrape off the scab. No, like literally surgery. Surgery. Mm-hmm. Do do surgery to correct all the things that um, you might be afflicted with so that you don't become your child's first monster. Yeah. Um, when when I think about, you know you know, rejection, abandonment, you know, things like that. You don't want your child to ex- experience that. And that's just a few. But that, but I say those two things because a lot of times those two things, um, children experience from their parents mm-hmm. and not, not even outside this world, but from the parents. So let's, 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 let's journey there. Let's walk. Yeah. There. You know, I, I, you said so much, I'm trying to quickly <laughs> recollect, but you know, one of the, um, I'll speak, I'll speak transparently about my journey to motherhood. Um, one of the things that um, I've realized I had to do very early on as a mom is that I had to heal my inner child mm-hmm. so that my child doesn't have to hear the, heal the, or go through healing for their inner child. Mm-hmm. You know, part of the journey to motherhood for me was dealing with my own mommy issues mm-hmm. so that my children don't grow up as adults and later have to deal with the things that I've instilled with them because I didn't heal first. Um, so, you know, I had to... You know, consider the you know some some of the hurts that I didn't really want to talk about. You know, and to this day, kind of don't want to talk about them. <laughs> but you know, I had to really. The Lord is working, y'all. Yes, but I had you know I had to really take a storm, take a, a a good look at some of the things that I endured as a child, as a teenager. You know, at in my years of adolescence so and, and, and work through them and heal through them, yeah. so that I didn't become the mother. That I did, you know, that that I didn't want to become the mother that I saw. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I don't want my children to have to endure some of the things that I had to endure. And then they're sitting in somebody's, you know, uh, therapy room, you know, saying that I'm healing, I need to heal my mommy hurts, Mm -hmm. you know. So a lot of the things that I, 
um, that I worked through first were so that, you know, my children didn't have to work through them later. I healed so that they don't even have to. You know, they don't they don't have to. Mm-hmm. You know, they will not have to experience some of the things that I experienced because I sought, you know, for healing first. Yeah. You know, so that they don't have to worry about, uh, you know, sitting in a room saying my mother did this and my mother said that and I carried it into my adulthood. I recognized where I needed to I needed to heal um, so that I don't trigger that area in them. Mm-hmm. And I think for any, you know, any parent, any, you know, any mom, any dad, whoever's watching, you know, it's equally as important to realize that, you know, sometimes we carry that inner child in us that, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, might have might have wanted this, that, or the third. And we have to really work through that process so that our children don't become, you know, duplicates or, you know, um, of what we've been through. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so good. And this goes back to a lot of lines when you were talking about having those open conversations, because that's something that I do a lot with my children. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's something, I mean, kids are very, very articulate. Mm-hmm. And they will tell you, especially when we realize that um, the Lord can literally use them to speak something to us. Mm-hmm. So so we need to listen to them. But the one thing I would say just along the lines of those open conversations as well as... Um, Making sure that you're having healthy healthy parenting um, standards, I guess I would say, is apologizing. Yeah. You know, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, mommy didn't get it right. Right. And I think that's super super important. I remember one time my daughter said to me, "But mommy, you're perfect." And I said, oh, no, Mm-mm. we got to debunk this right away. Mm-hmm. We got to debunk this right away because mommy is certainly not perfect. And then we sat down and we had that conversation. But be quick to apologize. And I'm not talking about, you know, just apologizing all over the place for, you know. But if it's something that truly took transpired that that you need to apologize for, apologize for it. Mm-hmm. And take that walk through the conversation with your child so that they can fully understand what um, has taken place yeah and I think it's equally as important you know to be open with them yeah you know because here's the reality like you know when it comes to parents and you know I know we want to um you know we want to not hide it but we want to um keep our children from certain things and we don't want them to grow up too fast and all those things I completely stand in agreement with but I think it's equally important to be open and honest uh, with them about life and uh, you know and, and just about you know their own growth and development so they don't grow up thinking that everything's perfect mm-hmm. because there's going to be hardships there's going to be challenges there's going to be things that they'll have to face but as parents you know we set the tone for that you know in the process and the journey of motherhood we set the tone for how their uh, they perceive life and their perception of experiences. So to your point, your daughter said, but mommy, you're perfect. You know, it's important to have those open and honest conversations that things are hard. And I might look like I carry it well, but, you know, it's not always cupcakes and rainbows and ice cream and, and, and chocolate and sundaes. You know, there are going to be days where you don't feel like it, just like mommy don't feel like it. You know, and I think that those experiences, those conversations, it shapes them to be the next generation of yeah. mothers. And I think, too, just along the lines where we talk about perfection, don't think you could go to all the therapy, you could pray all the prayers, you can do all the things, and still, in the eyes of your children, you might not be a perfect mom. I remember I I read um, maybe a blog or a devotional, and um, it was talking about perception. And you could do all the right things and still your children might say that that you got this or that wrong. And I would say, do your best. 
mm-hmm. wake up every day, put one foot in, in front of the other, and just do your best. Because yeah. at the end of the day, motherhood is hard. Yes. <laughs> Parenting is it's hard. hard. Mm-hmm. And as long as you show up and do the best that you can do, then that's that's really all that's asked of you. Mm-hmm. Because I really want to dispel the perception that you need to be perfect. Yeah. We we, we can never be perfect, and we won't be perfect um, parents. In fact, we're going to mess up. Mm-hmm. Um, I can I can a thousand percent tell you with surety that we're going to mess up. So don't have the expectation that you need to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's important to be, you know, tr- transparent and even in your circle of moms, you know, uh, under understand, you know, if you don't have a circle and you are mothering or parenting, you, uh, whew, baby, how you doing it? Because, you know, if it had not been for my circle that kept me grounded and parenting other mothers, I'd be like, girl, you're not crazy. It's, it's just it's just parenting. You know, it's, it's just the cycle of parenting, the process of parenting. You know, we talked a lot about, you know, uh, relational dynamics as it pertains for, to friendships uh, in our first episode. But I think it's equally as important to talk about, you know, Having that circle of moms that kind of ground you um, in this parenting process because, you know, it's not parenting is not something that we can do alone. You know, you know, you know, it's not something that we can do. With just, you know, as a single mom or as a mom with a, you know, with a husband or a spouse or, you know, in a relationship, but you still need those communal supports to support you in this process. You know, parenting, you know, you know going back years and years and years, but the idea of, you know, it takes a village to raise a child, you know, holds truth to it. We cannot do this by ourselves. So it's important to have that, you know, um, that community, you know, around you just to be able to bounce ideas off of, just to be able to talk about, you know, the, the role of parents and what our children are going through. Is it just them or is it, you know, the, the development you know, the stage of development that they're in, you know, it's equally important to build that community of moms and to have that community of moms that when you feel like these kids get ready to test me and try me, you have a parent that be like, well, let's try this or let, you know, let me come over and let me take them for a little bit just so you can get some time off. Like, you know, it's, it's important to have, you know, that support around you because parenting ain't for the week. No, I'm be trying but um yeah I I literally think too and I and it's interesting because I was thinking back to this just over the past let's say four years and I would not have been I I would not have been able to do it alone Mm -hmm. and I frequently call um Nakaya like Nakaya now this thing happened um what should I do or I did this but now I'm feeling guilt about it because a lot of times you know we might need to we might need to correct the children and we feel bad about it. And it's so, it's so, so important to have someone to say, Oh yeah, girl, that's going to happen a couple of times. Take that tablet. And, and yep. Take, I'm take petty. I'm petty. <laughs> you can have a tablet. Give me the charger. Yes. <laughs> Give me the charger. But yeah, so, you know, to, to your point, it's, it's important to have though, you know, to have those, that, that support system. Yes. And it's equally important to, I'm going to dig a little deeper because it's not enough to just have that friend that comes over, watch kids come over, you know, no, 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 no. It's equally as important to have those friendships, that, that, that parenting relationship in your life that holds you accountable to your mess. Oh yes, yes. To your mess, mm-hmm. to say no, 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 no. The, you know, your daughter, your son wasn't wrong, but you're triggered. Yes, you're triggered for something that happened in your childhood, and you're if you're not careful, you're going to project that onto your daughter mm-hmm. or your son, or you know. But that and that's not fair. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know, it's equally important to have someone to remind you, hey, you know, you 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 know, you don't have to be like what you saw. Try it this way. Yeah. 
And I think it's also important to have the introspect to say, am I projecting? Because um, I think there's been many times where something has happened and, um, you know, I I, I call her up or call, you know, um, someone up and be like, am I I projecting on her? Mm -hmm. You know, because... In this process, we have to be open to look at ourselves mm-hmm. um, because the one thing about it is the process. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when it comes to healing in general, never ever think that you've got a clipboard. Check mommy yep. issues. Check daddy issues. No. Yep. Um, you know, there should always be a point where you're continually digging and digging and digging and digging and digging just to make sure that there's, that there's nothing there. But um, I would say just be open to even looking at yourself and saying, um, if if there's any point where you're overreacting about something, why is my reaction this way? Um, just to continue to ask yourself why, 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 until you get to the root. But um, the one thing that came to mind that I was thinking about is momming and having a career. And, and both of us have really busy careers. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I've progressed through my career, I have made some mistakes when it comes to parenting and the dynamics of... Of um, parenting, so I'll I'll, I'll go through um, some of the mistakes I made first, and then, but um, I was thinking about I was thinking about being present, and I was thinking about sometimes where I was not present, and that was taking place of work. You know, you got a deadline that's taking place, you got a project that you're working on, and you're shushing the kids all the time. And on top of work, if you got stuff that you got to do for ministry as well. And I found myself in a perpetual cycle of, um, I felt like I always had to, to shush them or to, to give them an activity to do something um, somewhere else. Um, and then on top of that, um, one of the mistakes that I made was that I was parenting my children like a business. Mm. And um, I remember one day my daughter said to me, um, she, she she frankly said, because my, my child, she, she will tell me, because she knows that she can tell me. She said, you know, mommy, you work too much. Mm-hmm. Mommy, we just want to spend time with you. And um, the interesting part about it, and, and this is why I stress being open, is I didn't even realize that my children wanted to spend time with me. And that might sound silly, right? Mm-hmm. But if you are a person where... Um, you've never had a dynamic with any with anyone else where somebody just genuinely just wanted to spend time with you without wanting anything from you, you wouldn't know. So um, those that was a huge thing that I realized initially when um, you know I was navigating being a single mom, trying to um, balance a, a very busy career in parenting my children. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I can definitely say that I've had to um, set boundaries mm-hmm. as it be, you know, as it pertains to the many hats we wear and and as parent as parents, um, you know, I found myself at a place where you know I'm pretty, um, high, you know, I'm in leadership mm-hmm. in my career, and I, um, you know, I'm you know doing ministry, doing you know personal business, and so many things that you know we, so many hats we wear. One of the things that I had to tell myself it was okay to do was take time off for my children. Mm-hmm. You know, I often found myself saying like, 
oh, well, you know, so-and-so got a track meet. This daughter got dance. This daughter got this. You know, birthdays coming up, and most of my daughters have birthdays throughout the school year, but I got this and this going on at work, so maybe I have to just drop the cupcakes off and not say happy birthday. But I started to put a demand on the fact that my children and that my household will come first and and not feel bad about it, not feel bad because – you know, such and such at work might need something or, you know, um, I have a deadline to meet, you know, while those obligations will be met, you know, they will be met after my my, my first obligations yeah. are met, after my children, after my husband, my family, you know, my family is taken care of, you know, then I will tend to those things, but they there won't be another moment where those things come first, yeah. you know, because what, what I would never want to happen is for my children to look back and can't or can count on one hand the number of times their mother was present yeah. for championships, games, yeah. matches, competitions, uh, spelling bees, you know, you know, whatever they're into, they will always remember that I put those things, you know, very high priority on my list and that we were there. Yeah. We were yeah. there. Yeah. I think mine's is the opposite. And I had to realize that I had to be present and I had to intentionally put that time in so that we would spend time with each other. So movie nights. So my kids get really, really excited about movie nights. Um, and, and, and we try to plan it, but sometimes, you know, things come up, but we have planned at least one movie night a, a week or we can fit two movie nights in, two movie nights a week or going to the dog park or things like that. But um, I would say for if, if there's any moms out there who are, you know, you're balancing your career and you're balancing just being present for your children, make sure that you make that time. Um, there's some days where really we are, you know, I might have, you know, work and then I might have to, you know, get on prayer or something like that where it takes, you know, the bulk of the day. Well, then we have time at the end of the night before bedtime to have stories and prayer. Mm-hmm. And the one thing we never miss is prayer. And let me tell you, my children, they <laughs> don't let me get in that bed and no pray. Excuse, Mommy, excuse me, you, Mommy, you skipped a step. Prayer. <laughs> you <laughs> skipped a step. Don't even say, can we pray? Prayer. But, um, and, and, you know. But just to say, just to make sure that you make that time any way that you can make it, because, you know, we do get busy in life. But but as Nakai was speaking to, it's so, so important that we're, we're present. We need to be present. We need to be pouring into our children because we certainly don't want um, some of the sources that's out, out here in this world. Yeah. And even for the mom that's not a professional, maybe you're a stay at home mom and you're equally as important. And we're mm-hmm. talking to you, too, because, you know, we you know, the other side of motherhood is, of course, tended to the home, tended to mm-hmm. bath time and, you know, tended to washing the dishes and cleaning up and all that other stuff. But don't get lost in those moments where you have your laundry yeah. list of, of things to do for the day that your children isn't one no isn't one on them because yes we all want a clean house yes we want the laundry done yes the dishes need to be washed but there are times where I have had to ignore those things mm-hmm. and save them for another day if it meant that I got to the opportunity to sit crisscross applesauce <laughs> with popcorn and a and a movie of their choice yeah. to spend that quality time with them you know that quality time is equally important so it's not even just for the working professional mind but it's for the stay-at-home mom. It's for the part-time job mom. It's Mm -hmm. for any mom, parent that you are, you know, don't get so busy creating a life that you miss out on the life of your children. Yes. And you know what I have been doing with my children as of late? I've been including them in some of the things that I do. So um, my daughter loves cooking. 
well, trying to cook. She, she ain't cooking yet. <laughs> but she loves the idea of helping me cook. So even in times where I got to, you know, hurry up, uh, hurry up and get the dinner together before, you know, I get on prayer or Bible study or something like that. Um, she'll come she'll come and help me cook. Mm-hmm. She'll yeah. come and help me cook. And, you know, that's when we have our intentional time. We talk about our day, mm-hmm. talk about, um, you know, who, who she went to lunch with, you know, anything. Just just to make sure that we're, we're building that that intimacy you know the um the, the other thing that helped me when it came to just momming is understanding my children's love language yeah and, and the yeah. funny thing is um it, it's probably been just two years ago that I that I learned about love languages but um I think it's impo- important when we think about momming is that you might have to mom your children a little bit different. Mm-hmm. My my son is very, very affectionate and um, wants to hug and to cuddle and things like that. Um, my daughter, not so much. Mm-hmm. She, 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 lo- she likes acts of services and gifts, mm-hmm. uh, particularly mm-hmm. perfume and nail polish and stuff. But, <laughs> of course. Um, but, but, but they definitely, definitely, um, I learned that I could not mom them the same across the board. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even with my daughters, you know, just because I have four daughters, you know, I can't love them and mom them the same way. You know, it is, you know, my oldest daughter is very much, um, um, you know, words of affirmation. She definitely loves gifts, y'all. She's expensive like her mama. Um, and she's very much, I need my nails too, my nails done too, where's my skincare? And I still need that Marc Jacobs bag you promised me. Um, so she's very much, you know, at, you know, gifts and, you know, words of affirmation. My second daughter is very much, you know, quality time spent. Mm-hmm. So she's very much into, you know, create, she's very, she's a creative genius about her that I love. And she likes to, you know, take something, you know, take nothing and make it something. And so spending that time with her and, you know, really investing that quality time and being very thoughtful about how we do it, yes. you know, is something that she, you know, really, really enjoys. The twins, they just want Lion King <laughs> and crackers and Jew, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, right. So I'm still learning their style, but it's even interesting amongst the two younger daughters is that they, one of them is very much um, a touch baby and, mm-hmm. you know, loves to love and cuddle and she wants kisses and hugs and, you know, everything about the touch. Whereas the other one just is another like juice and she'll sit next to you and, you know, she'll cuddle when she's ready, you know, but very, you know, very different and they're yeah. twins. So, yeah. you know, your, your, your children's love language and their style with, um, it's going to be different and it'll change. You know, my oldest started off very much as, um, you know, very affectionate and mm-hmm. wanting to cuddle. But as she got older, you know, her love language changed. So it's important to be tuned into, you know, your children and that matter. So you know how to effectively meet, you know, the need, meet their yeah. desires, meet their wants yeah. in a way that shows that you you know them. So, you know, yes, we know them because we carry them or you're a parent and you've watched them grow and develop, but it's something else when you can meet their, their love style and yeah. their love language. Yeah. So let's let's um, go back just a second because we were talking about keeping house, mm-hmm. and I know, and you already know that this is a sore point for me. But let's talk about momming and keeping house because um, I'll be transparent, y'all. I don't know if y'all like me, but I clean up my house and then I turn around and it looked like a tornado hit it again. Um, and I learned that this week that sometimes 
I might just wait for the children to go to bed before I clean up. Or sometimes there's some things that I won't be able to get to um, just because there's so many other things taking place during the day. Mm-hmm. So so I want to talk about that. I want to talk about keeping house and, yeah. and the effects uh, on, because I know so many other moms that they, they want to have a sparkling clean house. They want to have everything in place, but sometimes it's just not possible. And, and the effect that has on the, on a psyche sometimes. Yeah. You know, I, I, this is definitely an area for me where very early on I struggled the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I struggled big time and here's why I grew up with a mother that the house had to be clean 25, eight. Mm-hmm. And I say 25-8 and not 24-7 on purpose. You know, things had to be in order. Things had to be in place. She ain't care how long it took you. You ain't doing nothing else. There will no be, there'll be no outside so my house is clean. Um, so I found myself, and back to the, the healing so your children don't have to heal. You know, I found myself um, talking to my older daughters and constantly everything was clean up, clean up, clean up, clean up, clean up. You know, you could have played a record at the number of times that I told them to clean up. And, you know, I I found myself and my my husband actually had to say something to me about it. Like, you know, the house ain't going to always be clean. And I couldn't accept that because my in my in my um, adolescence, the house was always, always, always clean. And it had to always be clean. There was no excuses but clean. Um, So I found myself, um, you know. Uh, projecting that on them. Like, mm-hmm. clean, clean, clean. Clean your room, clean the kitchen, clean the dining room, vacuum up. Come on, pick up your toys, get your puzzles, get mm-hmm. your, you know, get your whatever, you know, to the point where I, I got on my own nerves. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got on my own nerves. And, I, you know, honestly, what freed me, there was a post from another mother, and I was reading it, and she was talking about just this very thing. And she literally put in all caps, your house will not always be clean. And that's okay. Because a, a, a house, and not a dirty house, we're not talking about, you know, you know, food on the floor. We're not right. talking about that. Yeah, but, we, you know, if there's toys left on the floor at the end of the night, you know, if there's a blanket that hasn't been folded, if there's sippy cups on the floor, it's an indicator that your children had a great time mm-hmm. and that your, your children are enjoying, you know, what you're doing for them as it pertains to their childhood. And it really checked me. It mm-hmm. checked me in that moment because I was so vested on the fact that my house had to be clean, that, you know, things had to be in their order. And it wasn't even because I... I wanted to, it was the fear of judgment. Yes. I was nervous that somebody was going to walk in my house and judge me because things were not putting in their place to the point that I was, you know, probably driving my older daughters crazy because everything had to be clean. But I, I, you know, I I, I think, you know, I thank God that I'm free from that idea Mm -hmm. because, you know, let them kids be kids. Mm -hmm. The the house does not have to be clean. And like I said, we ain't talking about food on the floor. Please pick it up and vacuum. You know what, mites? But, um, you know, if, if toys are left out at the end of the night, that is okay. Yeah. You know, that is okay. The how, as long as we have children that are growing, learning, experiencing, developing, the house is not going to be clean. And it doesn't make you any less of a parent or less of a mother because you have decided to not put the books away and instead spend extra time with them cuddling before bedtime. Yeah, you know what's funny? Um, I I well, I've had this conversation with her many a times, but I remember one time we had the conversation, and she was like, "Kwana, the house is not always going to be clean," and I completely rejected it. I'm like, "Nope, there is a way. <laughs> it's going to be clean somehow." Yeah. Um, and and I think that um, I think I think it's freeing because it's it's unrealistic, especially I have two smaller kids, so and I have a boy. Y'all, y'all already know. So, so <laughs> I don't know about he's that boy rough. Life. 
he he is like a little um, tornado sometimes. So it's just unrealistic. And literally, as you were as you were speaking, I literally driving myself crazy. Mm-hmm. Literally driving mm-hmm. myself crazy. And then when you think about the way our world is shaped, um, Instagram, Facebook, you got everybody on uh, the socials who got these perfect houses. And I love when I saw one uh, influencer, I don't know what you call them, and they had their house, and it was like Instagram and reality. Mm -hmm. In reality, Mm -hmm. it was stuff all over the place. So I would say, this is something I had to be free from. Don't live your life based on what you you're of an ideal of perfection yeah. that actually doesn't even exist yeah. because this is real life <laughs> in a real life sometimes we might not sometimes we don't get to the the laundry until Tuesday and we meant to do it on Sunday because it's real life and mm-hmm. it, and it's not to say it's not to let us all hook and to say not do it we're not talking about no filthy house that's not what we're talking about mm-hmm. we're talking about an ideal of perfection uh that 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 they won't ever exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. You know, it's okay. Free yourself from even the pressure. Mm-hmm. I feel that definitely. The pressure that you put on yourself that things must be in order. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. It's, it's, it's a journey. It's a journey. And I would rather spend this journey making sure that my kids have a great childhood than making sure things were clean. Because back to our initial point, they're only children once. Yeah. They're going to be adults for the rest of their lives. And, you know, what we do now sets them up for success so if it means that okay y'all we know we gonna play and you know we're, we're, it's bedtime now but we're gonna clean these blocks up tomorrow yeah. clean them blocks up tomorrow yeah. don't you know don't feel like you know release yourself from the judgment of others that was my my thing yeah, I was too. so nervous that somebody was gonna drop in unexpectedly mm-hmm. and find that I it was a blanket thrown across the floor it might be shoes on the step you know it might be sports equipment over because somebody just came from practice you know there might be a box of pizza that we eat for dinner because I decided not to cook you know, yeah. you know, it, there might be those things, but free yourself from the judgment of having to be, you know, th- this this perf- this idea of perfection. Yeah, because that ain't it. Mm-hmm. Not this day and age. No, not me. Even a stay-at-home mom has a list of responsibilities yeah. from the market to the, you know, and just just like, just like any any other parent, you know. So free yourself from the judgment because every everybody's house don't look the same, everybody's parents' house don't look the same. But it doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. No, it does not. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Doesn't. So as we land this plane, right? What would you say thus far has been your biggest aha moments when it comes to mommy? That's heavy. Come on. I thought you said we was closing. I mean, definitely my aha moments were, you know, I want I want to be the mom that you that you will remember at all times that I was there. Mm-hmm. And not that I was just there because there's a difference between being present in your child's life and then just, just being there. Mm-hmm. Being intentional in my children's life looks like taking that time to really learn them. Because, if, if you know, for most of us, our children are away from us more hours of the day than they're with us. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I have to sit as a parent and catch up with their life. Yeah. You know, even my twins who are two and, you know, have uh, have definitely advanced in language development. But I sit with them. How was your day? Mm -hmm. Did you have fun today? Mm -hmm. You know, you know, when I pick my children up from school, you know, I ask questions like it was it's not enough for me to say, how's your day? And they say, good. No, 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 no. I ask questions like what made you smile? Yeah. You know, what made you sad? Would you eat for lunch? Mm -hmm. Which one take tomorrow? You know, how were your friendships? Yep. 
you know, I, I, I'm the hair doer, you know, so what they say about your hair? That's, that's the, the, the favorite, you know, my favorite line when they get new hairstyles. Like, just being intentional about, you know, capturing their day and knowing, letting them know that I care. Yeah. It's, those, it's those small moments of, intention, of intention, intentionality that I love about being a parent because, you know, I'm, you know, just like I'm at work, they're at school. Yeah. And it's equally as important. So I have to catch up with the day. So the aha moments for me were just those small moments of intentionality. If we're home having dinner, if we're in the car, or, and even the one-on-one time, because I have four kids, right? So yeah. even the aha moment more recently, um, after I had the twins, was having to the reality of breaking up my time for each of the children. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, they all four daughters, but they have their own unique needs. Yeah. So I have learned, you know, to separate the time and not, you know, we always do things as a group because we girls, it's my squad. Yeah. But it's equally as important for me to spend time with my oldest by herself, nobody mm-hmm. else. The second, this is my second daughter, you know, by herself, nobody else, doing things that they love, that they enjoy doing, independently of all their other sisters, because they need that time too. Yeah. Even the twins, they twins, you know, and they, they spent a whole lot of time together in utero and now in this world, but even, even with them, you know, I'm intentional about spending time with them individually so that they get a piece of mom too. It's yeah. not always a collective where they have to share me, but that they get those special moments, you know, with me as a parent where it's just me and you yeah. and that's it and that was and that, that might have been one of the hardest things because it's hard to juggle right mm-hmm. like I had there's four of them mm-hmm. so no it's very it was very hard to juggle especially when the twins were infants um but I'm very very intentional about you know I'm spending time with you yeah. this is you and mommy time and we're going to do whatever you want we're going to plan it we're going to you know we're going to go get whatever you want we're going to do but it's definitely an aha moment that you know while it's difficult to do when the schedules get in the way and all those other things being intentional about that personal time with you and your child is so important yeah I would say I would have a a few aha moments one as I mentioned before is just learning that they are different they they the way they want to be loved is 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 completely different and not just having a blank slate across the board on on how I interact with them Mm -hmm. Um, I would say as well just being present the children just love that quality time with me Mm -hmm. and I learned as well to to have that time with uh, my my daughter versus with my son so that they can get that that individual attention as well and I would say the third thing is it's just healing um, healing and continuing to heal to make sure that um, there is nothing that I'm projecting on my children or that as they look at me as a role model, that they, they have a good role model to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that's truly, truly, truly important. And and just being apologetic anytime where I need to be apologetic to them, I think that it, it really helps in them communicating to me when they are they're they're having feelings about something mm-hmm. and sometimes the feelings do not warrant an apology sometimes I, it's i said what i said because mm-hmm. we because we because we ain't talk about the i said what i said moments but but just healing um and it's important from for them from for me from them to even know that uh there isn't perfection and for them to see my relationship with God Mm -hmm. and how God is transforming me because I want them to know that. Yeah. I want them to know that, um, that, that piece of a relationship with God. So yeah, I would say those three things just being present, um, continuing to heal, continuing to make sure I don't have any residue of anything and then, and loving them in a way that they, they need to be loved. 
Yeah, I would think one last thing, one last uh, aha moment for me was um, back to what you were talking about, about prayer. Mm -hmm. You know, it's me in my prayer closet, Mm -hmm. you know, for real. And um, the one thing I learned even in, you know, my growth and development as, you know, a, a worshiper, as a, you know, you know, you know, in the in that in that vein, is that sometimes I had to welcome in the, them into my yes, prayer closet. Yes, yes. Um, because you know they, you know, it's important to, to you know to teach them the power of prayer. Mm-hmm. But I can't do that if I'm always hiding in my closet. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you know I had to you know to be vulnerable in, in a space where it's usually just me and God, so mm-hmm. that they can understand you know the intimate relationship that they too can have with God. Mm-hmm. And even you know it's it's, it's not an, we we have to do a part two, but it's it's not enough to take them to church and then not show them the ropes at home. Yeah. Um. So it's equally as important that if you're telling them to have prayer time and so you know and and, and trying to teach them worship externally, that in external places it's equally as important to do that at home yeah. because they they we're their we're their first teachers. Yeah. You know, we're the the first people that they're going to glean and learn from. So you know, it wasn't enough for me to say, "Come on, y'all, pray before bed," or you know, no, but be intentional about um, you know building that intimate relationship with the Lord. But they're going to learn it from you first. Yeah. So they're watching your walk. They're watching you know you pray. They're watching you trust God. They're watching you have faith. So my aha moments was I have to welcome into, into that space that's usually dedicated to me and God, so that they can understand you know that they too can. And they, they don't have to wait till they my age. Yeah. You know they don't have to wait until you know, they're adults to begin to cultivate that relationship with God. They can have it now. But it's, uh, you know, it's up to us as the the mothers and the parents um, to show them that. Yeah, I'm going to say this, and this this is my last thing before we close out. But I would say that it's, it's so important to give them that vernacular. Um through prayer and worship. And, um, you know, my children, they just recently went through uh, a worship intensive. And when I tell you, I was just amazed at, at how they worship. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when it comes to prayer, their their language has changed too. So there was um, an incident where uh, our dog was sick. And these these kids was praying. They were not, um, you know, I didn't have to tell them. They knew that... Um, you know, they wanted to pray protection on it. They wanted the dog to, so they prayed. Even um, the other day, I can't remember what I was doing, but my son said, I'm going to pray that mommy, da 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 da, da. Like, this is something that is in their language now. Um, they see me worshiping and, oh, mommy, can we get our flags too and worship with you? It's so, so important because mm-hmm. um, this is this is our weapons. This is, this yeah. is how, we, how we fight. And um, again, to Nakaya's point, I was very, very much like that. My secret closet in my head was very, it still was sacred, but um, I, I didn't want to share it with anybody else. But, but, but your children need to see you to pray. They need to see how you go to war. Yeah. Um, and, and now my, my children are getting the understanding that, okay, so this is happening. This, this is what I need to do. Yeah. And, and you know, I, we talked, I, I talked about this earlier in the um, podcast is they don't, <laughs> if we don't go to, if, if, if mommy starts nodding off, oh no, mommy, it's time for prayer. So, so they're, they're been being able to connect um, this thing with thing, this thing. And that's super, super, super important. Yeah. Cause if we don't teach them, the world going to teach them. Yeah. That's just it, you know. Yeah. A funny story, and I'm, we, we, you know, we could close out. I, I'll never forget. Um, my second daughter um, was going to school, and this was a couple of years ago, and it was around this time of the year mm-hmm. where they prepare for, you know, October thirty oh. first. Mm-hmm. And um, my daughter was going to art class, and they were um, 
passing out different things that they were going to make. And they were supposed to make a ghost and um, a witch. And my daughter was like, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. And I got a phone call from the school about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I said, well, can I... She, they, they basically said that she was being um, difficult in class and she was being, like, defiant. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, can I speak to her? You know, can I see... I want to know what's going on before, you know, I say anything about it. So they put her on the phone. And I said, hey, you know, fill in the blank. What's, you know, what's going on? And she said, mommy... We're in art class, and um, we're supposed to be getting things together for October 31st. And she said, I said, okay. She goes, well, mommy, um, they said we had to um, create, like, witches' hats and, like, this ghost thing or whatever. And I told the teacher that no ghosts live here but the Holy Ghost. And she sent me to the teacher, to, to the principal's office. She's like, but mommy, we don't do ghosts. We don't do witches around here. So I don't know why they're trying to make me. And she was like, it wasn't even what she was saying. It was her her, her persistence yeah. to stand her ground yeah. about the things that she truly believed. Yeah. And it was in that moment while I had to tell the teacher she said what she said. Yeah. But, you know, it was just that persistence that the things that, you know, we teach them the things that they're learning and growing, they stand on mm-hmm. and, and and don't forget. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, those are those aha moments and even in moments where they don't think I'm looking and I see them in prayer yes. or, you know, they're, they're, they're asking very insightful questions. It means that their ear is attentive to the things that they're not only learning in services, but they're learning at home. Yes. So, you know, I, you know, I, I think it's, you know, equally intentional, you know, those aha moments when it comes to parenting because we shape their future. So yeah. we have to shape it well. Yeah. We have to shape it well. Girl, my kids is quick to rebuke somebody. Listen. Or to say something. Oh, mom, that's demonic. I be like, you right, baby. Listen. Yeah, but they know. Mm-hmm. They know. Yeah, it's, it's important to teach them. So, you know, I know I know this was a, a loaded conversation. We thank you guys so much for tuning in. You know, um, I just want to speak to the parents right now. I want to speak to the mothers right now. And just, um, just uh, confirm that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. That, you know, parenting is hard. We weren't given a manual. We weren't given a rubric, a how-to, an instructional, a video, a, a, a nothing. But I just want to commend all the mothers, all the parents out there that you were doing your best. Yes. You are doing your best. You are doing a good job. You know, if you if there was anything that tugged at your heartstrings throughout this podcast that we talked about that you want to learn and grow from, I, my, it is my our hope that, you know, you take the steps to heal if you need to. You know, surround yourself with a great support system. You know, really be intentional about the time that we spend with our children. And, you know, just, you know, I even challenge you to consider your process in motherhood mm-hmm. and, 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 and smile at, at the great things that you've done and then take note of the, of the areas of opportunity and improvement and then do the work to grow for them. We would love to um, dialogue with you in the comments. So if yes. you have any comments about anything that we've talked about, anything that we've said, feel free to drop them in the comments and we'll be sure to be intentional about, about responding and building a community and a conversation with you because we heal, you know, we dig to the root and the purpose for doing that is to heal, to grow, and to become the best version of yourself. So we want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Again, if you haven't already, we invite you to follow us on our socials for behind-the-scenes content and things that we drop um, on the socials. If you're on Instagram, we are at prettygirl underscore behill. If you are on TikTok, it is at prettygirlb, and we're right here on Facebook at prettygirlbehill. We're also on YouTube, also prettygirlbehill. So like us, support us, share our content. There's no better way to support us than to share. It's a click of a button. So we thank you guys so much for tuning in on episode two of our 
podcast. Stay tuned for next week where we'll bring you episode three, which is going to be an even greater um, topic. So anything you want to say before we close out? Yes, I just want to say, um, also, if you guys have any prayer requests, definitely um, just shoot them in the DMs, and we will be happy to pray for you as well. Also, shout out again to our producer, and we're live Ooh. from HOG Studios. Woo. Yes, yes, yes. If you have any questions or any t- uh, topic ideas, feel free to DM us or email us at ask.prettygirlb at gmail.com. We would love to hear you. If any scenarios you want us to bring up, anything, reach out to us via DM or email and we will see you back here next week Friday at 8pm see you later pretty girl bye pretty girl